0: This is the Status No Podcast. Have you tried to keep up with the status quo and pursue Jesus wholeheartedly? We have learned that this is a huge conflict of interest. So we have decided to chase after Him instead of the status quo. How can we be true disciples of Jesus and not bow to the status quo that is in direct opposition? That's the big question. Thanks for tuning in and welcome home.
1: Chicken, chicken, boo.
0: Is about that time, y'all. We got a got to hit y'all with a chicken update.
1: That's right. The scoop in the coop. The uh,
0: scoop on the coop.
1: Yes. Oh, a scoop good. on the
0: coop. I'm a genius. We're writing that down. Okay, that's gonna here's seg- that's what's That's what we're going to call the segment.
1: <laughs> okay. So here's the scoop on the coop. You guys, <laughs> today <laughs> I learned that chickens <sighs> eat weeds. That's right. Weeds.
0: like Dandelions specifically, right?
1: Oh, uh, there's like, dandelions is one, but there's a list of them. I mean, some can, some can be poisonous too, so Google it if you have chickens to make sure. But there's many common ones that our property is rampant with that are really nutritious for them, and they love them. Hmm. So excited. I was running around picking all these chickens. So does that weeds.
0: mean we don't have to buy chicken feed anymore?
1: No, they still need the chicken <laughs> feed <food too. laughs> They don't but, eat that much of it? Well, it, it could actually reduce it. A, a decent amount, and I'll get more nutrition. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, I put a bunch in there, in their <laughs> coop, um, and I didn't actually believe they were going to eat it, and they did.
0: We need to clarify oh. because we've led these people on. We said we've already built the chicken coop, but what we've built was a chicken holding area
1: mm-hmm, a chicken, and run. then a
0: chicken run.
1: Oh right, yes.
0: So we have the large chicken run, but now the chickens need. Somewhere to lay eggs and to be sheltered. Right. So now we're in the process of building an actual like, larger coop. Yes. Yeah. This is... Uh, I remember back in our earlier episodes when we started talking about all this chicken stuff, I said, mm-hmm. us getting chickens means I'm now a chicken <laughs> farmer. So the past three days I've been building this chicken coop.
1: He's doing such a good job.
0: And I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm realizing without a table saw, cutting straight lines is extremely difficult, especially when you're cutting like five feet with a handsaw <laughs> or a circular saw. It's just tough. It's tough Way to, to make get it work. It's tough to get it straight. Oh, improv. But what else is difficult is when you're using a drill bit that is not um, newer and it's mm-hmm. getting worn out, the drill bit will wobble. And I've drilled through my left hand three times.
1: Is that why you keep doing that? Get a yeah. new drill bit.
0: <laughs> it's And then once on my right hand.
1: Get a new drill bit. I didn't so, know that's why that was happening. I thought you were just clumsy.
0: No, no. You, how do you ask me that? <laughs> how do you ask me if I was drilling through my hand because I was clumsy? <laughs> I was like, I'm not having this conversation right now. <laughs> I got so irritated. After the third one, I... Lightly tossed my drill to the ground and said a couple four-letter words. I was so over it, <laughs> and I lost my temper for a second and I had to walk away, and that leads us into today's topic is facing adversity uh, and how to handle this. When it comes to the little things, I suck at it. When it comes to the larger things, I'm, I'm much better at it. Mm-hmm. I can handle larger adversity, but when it comes to like the small things like drilling through my hand three times in an hour, that's when I lose it.
1: Do you think it's more frustrating because you feel like the small things should be in your control? Yes. And the larger oh, things are out point. of your control. So you're like, uh oh, that's what I can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a great point. I don't think I've thought about it better like that before. Hmm. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
1: I think I'm the opposite. Like it's easier for me to deal with things that are within my control and but the things that are out of my control i struggle with more
0: Hmm. yeah interesting maybe that's where i lean on god more too is in the bigger things Mm -hmm. and the small things i feel like i can just handle yeah i'm like (laughs) he's like no let me handle everything for you (laughs) you're drilling through your hand
1: I've seen your resume, Nick. <laughs> You're
0: fired. I'm an actual carpenter, Nick. <laughs>
1: I didn't even think about that. It's so funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. So facing adversity, let's talk about how one adversity can really be anything, really, that makes your life difficult. Or how would you describe adversity? Give me a, an amber definition of adversity.
1: Um. Mm, when things come against you,
0: yeah, opposition, mm-hmm. difficulties, mm-hmm. misfortunes,
1: misfortunes.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What are some like small, some small things that that you face? You think that are tough for you to deal with? The kids. <laughs>
1: sure, they're the small things. Um, they're. Very little. The older they are, the harder. I think, like I said, the things that are out of my control, the things I struggle with the most. So, the small things are easy. Even if I, I'm not getting it, I know I can get it. I'm like, oh, I just need to rework it. I just need to, you know, um, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But the big things are um, when they're out of my control. That's usually when I, when I spiral a lot because, um, like your kids like you can't you can't make it go a certain way like you can do everything you think you should do yeah you can do your very best and then some you can give it 110% every single day of the week mm-hmm. work harder than you ever have in your life at anything and still come up short yeah time management because time's been so scarce us like we just don't have enough time like to do to do all the things we have to do and it's not even things like a whole bunch of extra stuff but this podcast for example yeah you know starting this podcast we're like when are we gonna have time to do this we felt led to do it um i feel like it was something that god was putting on our heart yet we we just didn't see it was possible and look at it it's possible obviously because we're here but we had to rely on god to create solutions for it
0: yeah and i think I don't think when things aren't easy, that's not adversity. Yeah, you know, what it, does that make sense? I think there is a difference between something being difficult and misfortunate. Mm-hmm. Is that a real word? Misfortunate,
1: mm-hmm. unfortunate, unfortunate. Misfortune would be the thing, but unfortunate. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I am glad you are here. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there is if just because something's difficult. I don't see that as adversity. Okay. And it, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just not the definition of adversity. Mm. When I think, cause when I think of adversity, I think of something that is fighting uh, like actively against me.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like an adversary.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. That makes sense. But if,
0: if I, let's say am having a disagreement with somebody at work, mm-hmm. well, it's difficult but I don't see that as like adversity. Right. But maybe it is. Maybe adversity is like a sliding scale. Maybe there's um, a like, what a, do you call that? I guess I'm thinking like something like a spectrum.
1: Adversity is being something you have to overcome. Right.
0: Yes. Oh, I like that definition better. Yeah, it's not just like, just something to overcome, no not, matter how small or large.
1: Right. So it's not just something you mm. have to deal with, like, oh, just grin and bear it until it goes away, is something you have to overcome.
0: Mm. Expand on that. Go Mm. deeper on that, because that's a really good point.
1: Well, I was just thinking that, you know, there's so many things that come up in our life and we're just, we're just waiting for, we're just dealing with it until it goes away. Like, sometimes people's attitudes towards work, for example instead of trying to figure out how to make the situation better that would be like overcoming adversity they just they just grit their teeth and write it out they just think i'm just going to ride it out until you know i get a new job or this goes away or whatever you know but uh, um it's adversity when you like actually try to find a solution
0: that's really good thanks
1: I brought the big brain today <laughs> just kidding i brought jesus today <laughs> amber's brain no, is working that's- today
0: that's so good because I'm I'm thinking about like the the issues that I have or that I've had at jobs, mm-hmm. but there've been there've been issues that seem to follow me from job to job to job. <laughs> Who's so, the common
1: denominator? Mm-hmm, was it? What's it looking like?
0: What's it looking like? Uh, but it's so good because let, let's take confrontation mm-hmm. for example. boom um, yeah. That was a huge adversity for me. Yes, because every job that I was in was customer service based somehow, but whether that be firefighting, personal training,
1: retail, retail, yeah,
0: whatever that lo- it was always customer based. So being in confrontation I hated it. Mm-hmm. And instead of like you're saying overcoming it, I just kept gritting my teeth, bearing it, being miserable in it. And then changing jobs, thinking that would be better there. But confrontation is confrontation. Mm It doesn't matter what it's over.
1: Yeah. And then you end up working for somebody highly confrontational. And then I work
0: for somebody very confrontational.
1: (laughs) There's no way around that.
0: And that is when I really got comfortable enough with it to overcome it. To start dealing with it, yeah. To a point where it wasn't crippling Mm -hmm. for me to go to work. Right. Or, Yeah. Or whatever the case may be, me getting comfortable with confrontation was something that I had to overcome just to be in the workplace.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and not
0: be miserable and sick to my stomach every day. Yeah. So that's a really good point.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's something we've had to face between us, too. Because for so many years, we never, I mean, we still don't really fight. But it was... I thought that we didn't have any problems cause we never fought, but really we just didn't address anything. We're like, yeah. Oh, we'll just make everything. Okay. Because. Yeah. Somebody told me once, and I think I might've said this in a previous podcast also, but it's one of those lines that has stuck out to me and helped me a lot. But that peacemaking is not the same thing as peacekeeping. So people who keep the peace, um, all they're doing is avoiding problems. They're yeah. avoiding storms. They're staying out of the rain. I relate. But the peacemakers, what we're called to be, as it is up to us, we should do everything in our power to make peace. That requires dealing with the issues at hand, not ignoring them, and for there to be real peace. Yeah, but I think that's a huge thing when it comes to adversity. Like,
0: And what a big difference between those two. Yeah. Big difference.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, those are two very different things and one is way easier than the other Mm -hmm. because really it's only the last couple years that I feel like that I've made that switch from a peacekeeper to a peacemaker Mm -hmm. I realized that it's more action on my part that's required to be a peacemaker than to be a peacekeeper and just kind of hiding and tucking things away
1: right because there really is no peace there
0: yeah yeah. And growing up, I think that's how my parents handled stuff too, though I don't think they talked about anything. I think they just kind of shoved things inside and
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard work.
0: It's very hard work. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so important. Mhm. It's necessary to have a healthy marriage. There has to be being able to address things open and honestly. Absolutely. And being able to receive things open and honestly
1: oh man yes yes
0: um because we know firsthand like some of the adversities that we faced in our marriage Mm -hmm. that was more it was definitely caused by me but the adversity that you had to face going through all that and let maybe we can take it from like the point where i left Oh, yeah. And because I think it's important for people to know how you dealt with that. Okay. To not only have your husband walk out, but all the way to taking me back and forgiving me. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you get from, how do you get to that place facing that much adversity?
1: Oh, man. Okay. Okay. So you guys know I know we're talking about this in a more of a matter of fact way, and that doesn't mean we don't have emotions about it. It just wouldn't be very edifying for you. It wouldn't help you guys so so if
0: it, what do you mean about like our past?
1: Well, yeah, in these situations like mm. you know, discussing it in a way like um like it's not us
0: like well the other the other way to look at it is it's not we're not trying to we're not hiding away from anything that happened in our marriage. We're not trying to hide that away, but we're not trying to shy away from talking about or going into like emotional detail on, on what we went through and what right. we walked through because we we really want to shine the light on what God did. Yes. And so when we talk about, if I say something like, um, the affairs that I had, how did you do it? It's, it's because we want to get to how what God did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the important thing is what God did to us and through us.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's like Amber's saying, that's the matter of fact part. It don't be
1: It's not the important part.
0: No, it's not the important part.
1: It's not the important part of the story. Uh the details are to help build context. It's not the important part of the story. Yeah. So, okay. A few years back where into this marriage what 14 years now no at the time I think we we're into 14 Thir-
0: 13 yeah
1: okay so 13
0: years almost 14 I think it was like 13 and a half
1: okay <laughs> just to be technical <laughs> in seven days okay so we were married for a really long time I never thought I just didn't think that we had any problems well I mean we had issues but I didn't Like we didn't fight. We didn't dislike each other. We did none of that. And I remember we actually had a really good day. And our third baby was about three months old. And we put all the kids to bed and I sit down on the couch. And Nick just says, are you happy? Like my heart's just not in it anymore. And um the rug just got like pulled out from underneath me because i i was like what what are you talking about and it didn't even occur to me that things were going to go the way they did but basically i had no idea that was coming so all of a sudden the person that i've spent my entire life loving really because you know when, when we were 16 is now leaving So at first I was devastated Um, and this, this matters because there was a huge change in perspective at some point. So at first I was devastated. I was so broken and I just wanted to fix things. And I was trying to do all the things I was trying to be understanding, trying to do marriage counseling. Uh, I was an emotional wreck, just broken. I remember even like being hysterical and just trying not to let the kids see me cry and just trying to like make it through the day. And then at some point, I surrendered. I surrendered for the first time. Like really surrendered when I was just like, God, I I just need you. Show me, show me what's true. I need you to show me the truth. I need you to to reveal to me who you are in this and um, what I'm supposed to do. And I, I started feeling his presence and I just kept coming back to that place just to be in his presence. Uh, I didn't, wasn't asking for anything at first. I, I mean, besides i just more of him, I was just coming to be in his presence. When I did that, then I started being able to ask, I say, okay, God, what do I do? And at that time, I was planning, I was thinking that I would need to move out. And I was going to, the plan was for me to move, like I was going to move somewhere with the kids. God told me, stay. You're going to stay. And I said, okay. And then, I so I was thinking, oh, that must mean that Nick's going to stay too. God's going to work that out. He's like, Nick's going to leave. And you need to let him. and. I said, oh, okay. But I was so surrendered to God's will at that point that it became easy. So from one moment where that was the most devastating thought in my life to another moment where God says, he's going to leave. And he didn't tell me he's coming back. He didn't tell me anything else. He just said, he's going to leave and you need to let him. But you're staying. That's what you're doing. So I did. I stayed and Nick did leave and the peace that i had in all that time afterwards was so incredible and god led me to the most incredible worship times and prayer times i mean there was because of that there was so much prophetic prayer i mean i just remember walking through this house declaring scripture and um, praying whatever just confessing like whatever came to my mind and my heart I didn't even think they was prophetic. I was just, whatever came to my heart, I was just saying it. I was just in this place of surrender. So the, the thoughts were not my own. And talking about saying things, um, redeeming things even, like there would be when repentance, that God would lead me to repent for things um, and then reclaim things, saying that this would be a place of honor This sinful thing happened here in this book, but Lord, we're going to confess that you are God in this place. And I'm
0: going to jump in right there because I know exactly what you're talking about right there. And you're talking about the place that I did a ritual.
1: Yes. Okay. So to be very clear, one of the hard things was
0: just because this is a really cool story.
1: Yeah. And it really is about God's faithfulness and people who don't believe in declaring, confessing things prophetically. I'm going to tell you that you're wrong. And this is why this is just one example how I can tell you for a fact you're wrong. I saw Nick doing when he was involved in witchcraft, I saw him doing a ritual. He was knelt down beside our bed um, in front of his nightstand doing some kind of ritual. And I didn't understand what's going on, but I knew what was that it was him not worshiping God. And my spirit was so grieved for the first time. I've never felt like actual grief in my spirit like that before. Uh, Play the chapter ahead a little bit. When I get to this place with God where I'm just walking around the house, praying whatever comes to mind, I'm just like worshiping him and declaring his praises and then whatever would come to my mind, I would just say out loud. And so I'm the only one here. I'm standing in this, I'm just walking through the house and when I get to this place, I just say, Lord in this place Nick will repent he will declare that you alone are God he will have the most intimate moment with you in this place like this like physical location and so i say these things and then i just move on and just keep doing that throughout the house with other things months later after Nick moves back in and as following Jesus um actually it wasn't months later it was like a year later
0: mm-hmm
1: after like you really like gave your life to Jesus. Yeah, um, I walked in the room one day and randomly saw Nick bent down in this exact position, physical location, crying, declaring that who God is and worshiping him in the most intimate way. And you were reading like Psalms out loud and just like weeping. And God just brought that back to my mind that was said before and his faithfulness and it just it just made me weep it's just a beautiful moment of surrender but when you're willing to surrender your will and how you think things could go should go it's amazing what god will do if you'll like open up your hands and let all the things go
0: and i think it's important to note too that when you're in, when you're facing adversity like that, mm-hmm. nothing is going to make sense. No, nothing that he asked you to do is going to make sense. No, Amber didn't know why she was staying, mm-hmm. but she was surrendered to him, so she stayed. Yeah, because he has this plan completely mapped out for us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We don't see it. Yeah. It's the obedience that brings that to pass. Yeah. So when you're facing adversity, would you say it's fair or it's fair to say that surrendering and being obedient ushers (laughs) in that peace beyond all understanding?
1: Okay, so here's the part of dying to yourself that I didn't understand before. You have to be willing to lay down your emotions and your rights. Because you have every right. I had every right to be angry. every right to be hurt. And every you had right to every
0: be biblical right yes, to leave.
1: Every right. But I was willing to set aside all these things that I had the right to. So that I could hear God and say, God, what do you tell me to do? I trust. I've spent. And that was the thing that I had to repent for, really. And I think is the truth when you come to any adversity is I had to repent for trying to do everything in my own way. I thought that I could be a good enough wife on my own and that's something I had to repent for because it didn't matter. I was a really, really good wife and it didn't matter. I did everything that I knew I could do and it didn't matter Mm -hmm. at all in the end because nothing matters without God. And so when everything was falling apart and he's all that I had, it was enough. So I could say that now in any situation that God, you're enough for me. You're all that I want. I want nothing without you because everything is fleeting. Nothing satisfies. Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is permanent, but I know that I can trust him. I know for a fact that he's he's going to be there and he's going to show up. But it has to be in the little things it has to be in the big things it has to be when you have every right to be angry and hurt but you're willing to let go of it so you can hear him yeah and it's um it's honestly something you just lose sight of when you're seeking after him it's yeah. not even like an intentional let go but just that becomes so unimportant in yeah. hindsight, you know? Oh yeah. It makes sense.
0: Yeah, makes complete sense.
1: It's like you're chasing after him and you're like pulling something else along and and then you forget to keep pulling it along yeah. at some point.
0: You mentioned something about dying to yourself is dying to your emotions or not letting your emotions yes run the run the course for yes. you. I think that's a big problem that gets in the way of things like forgiveness yes and our emotions are natural and there's nothing wrong with us having those those feelings and those emotions a lot of the times they are valid feelings and emotions right that you are naturally feeling because it's the right emotion to feel in that time Mm -hmm. the difference is if you live off of those emotions and you let those emotions guide you it just it ends up causing way more issues in your life that are necessary.
1: Well, the Bible says your heart's deceiving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Our hearts. It also says that our thoughts and our hearts are evil. So trusting your emotions that are constantly changing Mm -hmm. and opinions that are constantly changing. Yes. It just puts you on this track like a roller coaster for life, but dying to those emotions still feeling them and recognizing that Mm -hmm. they're there and dealing with them absolutely but knowing the difference between doing that and trusting god at the same time and leaning on him for your strength and leaning on him for your comfort Mm -hmm. that that's that's where the game changes
1: you have to be willing to do what defies logic and reason like
0: yeah you have to be willing to say yes to things that you don't understand. Yes. Things that seem completely contrary to what your emotions are telling you. Because mm-hmm. I've tried many times to play this movie in reverse in my head mm-hmm. and put me in your shoes and you in my shoes. And I find it one incredible. But two, I, I don't understand. I still don't understand how good he is because of what he did in you. I don't think I've experienced that yet. I've had adversity with drugs,
1: mm-hmm.
0: lust, porn, those kind of things that have been hard to walk through and overcome. But to overcome what you did for me personally, I I'm going to be the one that's the most thankful for it because without you overcoming that, I, I don't think I would have overcome what I've been able to overcome. I think it was because of your obedience that God was able to move in my life. And I feel like you had a right to do to go left Or right. Mm -hmm. You had the option. And I feel like God would have gave you that option. He would have honored you and blessed you if you decided to leave. Because you had the biblical right. And I think. He obviously honored and blessed you. Because you stayed. The difference is. Me. I think. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would be in this place if you chose to go left instead of right i think god was telling you to stay because he has a plan for you and i together but he needed you to get to me
1: mm-hmm.
0: if that makes sense it just
1: makes sense It makes perfect sense and,
0: and it- in no way am i saying that this is about me that's not what I'm saying.
1: No, it's about his kingdom and his glory. Look, yes. There's so many things that uh, he showed me about what how he would redeem the situation. And I'm standing on all those promises. And many of them seem come to pass. I mean, we really received the miracle of a lifetime. I know people who pray their entire lives for things like this. But, you know, it'd be easy to say that I was innocent in everything. But I really had a lot to repent for. I didn't realize how much I had to repent for because although I always loved God, I wasn't serving him and I wasn't making him the Lord of my life all those years. So it's hard. So at first when I was bitter at him and saying, God, I did everything your way. I don't understand when he started dealing with my heart. It, it became apparent. There were so many things yeah. that, you know, I was placing what wouldn't, I was being a peacekeeper. I was doing the things that would keep the peace in the house instead of what I know is right. I wasn't living for the convictions in my heart. I wasn't pursuing God with all my heart because I wanted to keep the peace more. And I thought that was my, my duty. Right. But I wasn't consulting God about that. I wasn't coming to him for all the things. And that's why it's so important because you can do all the things Right. You can do it all even to what you think is his way, but if you're not coming to him regularly, he can't steer you.
0: Well, I think that's the difference between a, an actual relationship with him mm-hmm. and a works based relationship with him. Yeah. What I shouldn't even say a works relationship because It's not really a relationship. Right. But a works based agreement compared to an actual relationship with him. Mm-hmm. You could do all the things right, but if you're not intimate with him if you're not pursuing that relationship with him it's all for naught i mean it's
1: yeah mhm
0: you get those things through the relationship with him
1: mhm yeah is that right yeah absolutely okay. and that's what he was showing me he was like look you've done you did your very best you did your very best and it all turned into a dumpster fire like can you just just let me i I don't know. It was just this very surreal moment of knowing that he was there, but he asked me to do a lot of things that didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I fasted for exceptionally long periods of time that people were like, that's not even healthy. That's dangerous. And I was like, you know, what's dangerous is relying on my own logic right now. (laughs) If I feel like God's calling me to do something, I'm going to do it. If I feel feel like this is going to help me hear from him more clearly, guess what? I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. I remember there was like, yeah, it was a very long period of time that I wasn't eat, I wasn't eating, and everyone was freaking out about it. <laughs> They're like, "When are you gonna eat again?" I'm like, mm, "I don't trust that <laughs> I'm, I can hear from that my logic is good enough. I just don't trust it. I still don't to this day. Ever since that moment, I think that's a big part of overcoming adversity. Actually, let me say that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That when you know that your logic is not enough, that you need God's wisdom, that his ways, they're not our ways and they're higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And if you really believe that, then you're going to want to lean on him for everything. Yeah. Everything. Our understanding and our perspective is so limited in comparison. And, his isn't his is infinite and expands all time and all knowledge. And it's just
0: the Bible talks about us emptying ourselves in the sense of where we are weak. He is strong. Mm -hmm. So coming to a place where I can't do any of this without him. That's why I think it's Paul that talks about, I boast in my weakness because where I am weak, he is strong. Yeah. It says in um, 2 Corinthians twelve nine. but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. So the power of Christ may rest upon me.
1: So good. It has to be beyond you for God did the glory. Yeah. If it's within your capacity, how would he get the glory? Right. That's wild.
0: Joshua one nine: Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go.
1: Write it on your heart, people. Write it on your heart.
0: Second Corinthians one four: Who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those. Who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So I think that scripture is important because it's telling us that who comforts us in all our affliction. So it's God that comforts us when we face adversity and when we're facing any kind of affliction. And He does this so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. So it's even though he's comforting us, it's still not for us. It's so that we can comfort somebody else. Wow. So that he can teach us how to be there and love like Jesus did. So when we experience like what you experienced, what I've experienced, it's so not so that we can be made whole. Of course it is. But it's so that we can give that out to people and we can be that source of life to people. Mm -hmm. And then when you receive it, it's so that you can give it out to people. And the more people we're giving this love and comfort to, the more people that's going to draw to him.
1: That's So good. This
0: is how we not only change the culture in our church, but it's how we change or not our church, but the church, mm-hmm. but it's how we change the culture of the world too. It's being living examples yes. of this. Yeah. Amber, I don't understand how you stayed with him and, and why, and, and but if I look at your marriage now, it looks so good. Now you have this this thing where you're like, it's Jesus.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh,
0: you want to recover your marriage and have your marriage restored? You have one option. It's Jesus.
1: Yeah. That's right.
0: And it's making sure that we give him the glory after he comes through for us, because he'll always come through. He's faithful.
1: You're right. But and then what are
0: you doing with it though? <clears throat>
1: That's why we're here on this podcast. That's why we're here airing out our dirty laundry, the things that, you know.
0: Yeah, trust me. This isn't fun for me.
1: (laughs) Who wants to tell anybody these things? Like, yeah, it's awful. But if it helps somebody, if somebody else can have healing or freedom or be closer to God because of it, who are we to keep that? I mean, that's. The testimony, it's by the power of our testimony, right? Yeah. By the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. So here we've received the blood of the lamb and now we have this testimony and how dare us not share it. I mean, I almost didn't for a while and Nick had to call me on it.
0: Yeah. But the first time you did. Oh, it was powerful. It was powerful. And it's, but that's because mm-hmm. his anointing is on that. Yeah. Because we've surrendered that part of our life to him. Mm-hmm. So his anointing is on it. Yeah. So when we speak things that he's done and people hear it, it makes their spirit jump, I think.
1: Well, that was for us too. How many things did God reveal to us that led to freedom because somebody else was willing to tell their testimony?
0: Absolutely. When I was in one of my recovery groups, uh, the guy, one of the guys that was leading it, I think I've told this on here before, but real quick, he was into witchcraft and there was no way in this group of guys that i was going to say anything about my witchcraft past and he did and he's actually the first guy that prayed over me where i got deliverance because Mm -hmm. he was vulnerable and was able to tell his story i was like okay good now i can tell mine yeah and because i was able to physically speak my story out and confess it Mm -hmm. that night they prayed for me and i Got actual deliverance,
1: right? That was a game changing moment.
0: Unreal. That
1: was a life changing moment.
0: Absolutely. But it be, it came out of his obedience. Not only in that moment, but in the past, when yeah. he surrendered, and he faced his adversity by leaning into God and on God.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. So. Somebody was just asking us in a small group that he was frustrated because he didn't know when he was doing God's will or not. And we actually funny cause we both told him separately the exact same thing. I was like, Oh, that must've been annoying for him. <laughs> uh, I, Nick told me what he had said. I'm like, I said the exact same thing to him. That must've been so embarrassing. Um, but he acted like it was the first time he heard it both times. It was really kind of him. But anyways, we were both saying that when you spend time in the presence of God, you'll naturally flow like, and you'll mm-hmm. be doing the things that are his will because the presence goes with you. If you stay in the presence of God, yeah, you just will be inclined to do the things. You'll be prompted and, you know, those are...
0: Yeah, and basically what I told him in my words was... If you're, if you're spending that time in worship, if you're reading your word, if you're, if you're living for him, mm-hmm. then you're going to be in his will. Right. If you're taking things to him and involving him in your day to day, you're in his will. I don't think we need to overthink that. Right. If you're modeling Jesus or you're striving to model Jesus, mm-hmm. we're all going to come up short. Right. Right. But if that's your, if that's, if you wake up and that's your goal that day and you go to bed and that's, you know what I mean? If you're living for him, then there's nothing to worry about. I don't think there's anything to overthink it. Right. Just trust him. Mm -hmm. Know that you are his. Know that he is your God and you're living for him. Mm -hmm. It's all he wants.
1: Yeah. And he's so worthy of it. It sounds dumb to say that, but when you experience it, firsthand his faithfulness that's all you can say anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's all we can ever say is he's so faithful and he's so good and he always always comes through I was broken I was so broken and you know people can say all the things they want about you know the lyrics and the songs not being scriptural blah 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 but there's that song you know about when um, there was another in the fire Standing yes. next to me, and there was another in the waters holding back the sea. That line just breaks me every time because it takes me right back to that moment. Can, there cannot be a better description. I was in the waters. Like, you're not prevented from the waters because you're a Christian. Like, no. it, the rain, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Storms come to everybody.
0: Yeah, he wouldn't tell us to call on him in times of trouble if yes. we weren't going to have times of trouble.
1: Absolutely. I was in the waters. I was drowning. But he held back the seas. Like I I there's no better visual for exactly like what happened. Spiritually, he held back the seas and the waves didn't tear me apart. Yeah. I wasn't ruined and i wasn't devastated anymore i wasn't broke I, I just wasn't heartbroken because i knew that no matter what god was going to be there when you have that level of trust it's easier to obey him yeah when definitely yeah when you're like i'm good if god's there yep it's easier to trust him it's easier to obey it just is
0: yeah
1: but that's how you overcome adversity because you have to be able to listen to him and you can't listen if you don't trust him.
0: And if your emotions aren't quieted.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's why it's so important to, to die to yourself, Mm -hmm. to give up the right to your own emotions, give up the right to.
0: Do you think that plays into controlling your thought life? Absolutely. Because controlling your thought life, I know tends to be, focused on things like sexual thoughts Mm -hmm. and that lane yeah controlling your thought life can be anything i mean it can be anything that that distracts you or takes your attention away from him Mm -hmm. that any of those thoughts have to be corrected
1: every single time that's
0: (sighs) that that's that inner battle
1: so the obedience doesn't go away so yeah he takes me through that storm but okay so nick leaves and then i find out i'm pregnant with baby four we have a three-month-old baby and baby number four is now like there (laughs) talk about a mind battle i had two really close people to me telling me to get an abortion like advocating for it they're like amber it's okay you don't have to martyr yourself it's okay like is this something that you can consider because no it just makes me sick Oh, and they were people that were really close to me. I'm like, do you guys know me at all? There's times when you have to control thought life, not because that's something I would ever even consider, but just understanding like, you know, like every avenue that your mind goes down takes you so far. It was even when Nick came back, anytime something would go wrong or even look like it was going to go wrong, I immediately started in my head creating a plan for how i'm going to be a single mom. Of course. Okay, what do i need to do for our finances? What do i need to do for the kids? What do i need to do? Okay, so this is how i'm going to do this. Um uh, i guess i should go start working more right now so i can make some more money and like immediately all the time and then i'd have to control that and put it back in check and say, "Lord, what do you say?" Lord, what do you say? Or if something didn't look right and immediately my head goes into all the places like, oh, maybe Nick's having another affair. Maybe this, maybe that. Being able to present that to God and say, God, what do I do with this? And then do what he says. God says, listen, this is what you're going to do with this. You're not going to trust him. You're to trust me. Right. God is the one that I have to put my faith in. He's the one that I'm counting on to be there every single day for the rest of my life. Yeah. He is all. He's all that any of us can count on because even if Nick was a perfect man and doesn't do anything wrong against me ever again for the rest of his life, we're not promised tomorrow. Right. Either one of us could die. Like it's a horrible thought, but God's still going to be there. Mm -hmm. It can't be, You can't depend on any, anybody being
0: there. And you, Here's another good tidbit. Don't wait for adversity to rise up in your life before you establish this relationship with him. Yeah. It is so much easier to hear him if that relationship has already been established. And it's so much easier to not be affected by the adversity if that relationship is already established.
1: Yes. Mm Hmm.
0: Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I think it's powerful what you talked about tonight. Thank you. I know I appreciate and I know everyone listening appreciates how vulnerable you are with this. And I think it needs to be heard. So.
1: Yeah. I'm hoping that makes a difference for for somebody.
0: Yeah. And like we said, adversity comes in all shapes and forms and colors and sizes. And um, it doesn't have to be something major. Adversity and leaning on God applies to everyday life.
1: Every day, there's things we have to overcome. Every single day. Well, that's probably one of the biggest changes I've seen in you through throughout all this is being able to overcome adversity like regularly throughout your day. Like before, that was that was a no go. Like oh if something yeah, anything came, came, came you, up, I shut down. Yeah,
0: yeah, I shut down.
1: You anything at all? But now, like things that you know, I would expect you to be frustrated about or I would expect you to shut down about, you handle it. And, or it doesn't upset you. Or you'll set, you actually let God speak to you Mm -hmm. where your emotions would have had taken over before. Yeah. And it's correctable. So it doesn't mean you're not like going through things. That doesn't mean that things aren't confronting you. Yeah. But the ability to work through them is...
0: Well, and it's completely like we've been talking about. It's just leaning on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all I can do. I, I'm i in the same boat you are. I I can't. I don't trust myself without him. I, I've seen his, his will at work in my life, and I don't want anything else. Absolutely. It's the best thing I've ever had. It's the best relationship I've ever had. And without him, I'm a train wreck.
1: It changes everything, though. Yesterday, our... Our baby, who's uh, two, she's had this fever for a couple of days. And so I take her to the emergency room. And I just thought they were going to like tell me she's an ear infection or something, give me an antibiotic for her. But they ended up doing a urine sample. And they said, oh, you know, all the other tests came back negative, but it looks like she's a little bit of sugar in her urine. And that's a problem. So we're going to need to put you in a room back here and we're going to do an IV. On your toddler, and do a bunch of blood work because we need to we need to make sure she doesn't have like type one diabetes and like they start naming all these horrible things. It could have been a panic mode, not to say it wasn't alarming, nerve wracking. Yeah.
0: Oh, you're still going to feel the emotions
1: for sure, but that's the dying to yourself where you have to deny them for sure. You have to starve those emotions. You start feeling them and then you immediately turn. No, God, you're king. Um, and that has to be like the way you talk about the situation too, because there's people that, you know, are close to us. And so I tell them when we're going through something or like our kids are sick, like seriously sick or something, I tell them because they're part of their life, but I have to filter the way I tell them because that's a part of like, what, mm-hmm. what's play the chapter ahead. What's seriously, what's that going to stir up? You know, yeah, you know, they're going to be worried and that's going to make you more worried. And they're, you know, the whole thing. But Nick was able to speak so much life to me, not because he didn't have the same concerns, but because he was relying on the presence of God. And and so we prayed and maintained peace. Yeah. And the presence of God was with us. He was with us. Yeah. And we knew he was with us. I mean, he's always with us. It's more of when we can acknowledge and feel it.
0: Yeah. it's It really is like you were describing earlier with the waves um, and the disciples, when they were in the boat and the storm came, it really is a palpable calming of the storm when you're relying on Jesus. Yeah. There is a calmness. There is a peace beyond all understanding. There is a joy that overflows. All these things are true and extremely accessible when you're relying on him, even in the face of any type of adversity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The things, instead of always thinking worst case scenario, you know, no matter what happens next, God, I'm going to trust you. Mm -hmm. You're unchanging. I can count on you. No matter what, I'm going to trust you.
0: No matter what the outcome is. Yes. That's where I fell off a lot of the times too. The outcome wasn't how I thought it was right. going to be or what I thought it should look like. So then I was pissed off at God because mm-hmm. it wasn't the way. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. Mm-hmm. He is the creator of the entire universe. He is the king above all kings. Who am I to say how things should turn out and how they shouldn't?
1: With All of our infinite knowledge. I am knowledge. the peasant rolling
0: in <laughs> pig dung, getting feces dumped on him in the gutter. Who am I to say how my prayer should be answered or how a situation should look?
1: Our life is but a breath.
0: Yeah. No, thanks. I don't want that responsibility anymore. God, this Mm -hmm. is your life. Yeah. I am a living sacrifice for you.
1: Make it be worth something like all to you. Have it. Yeah. You Mm. got
0: anything else, baby girl?
1: Read your Bibles. There it is. (laughs) You
0: thought you were going to make it through one episode.
1: Guess again. Oh. What?
0: Tell the people real fast about the beautiful shoes you saw today that you sent me a picture of.
1: (laughs) You guys, these crops. Something
0: devilish happened.
1: These crops. you know, they have the holes and then the people put like jewels and like other weird crap in them like Christmas ornaments. I don't know what people do.
0: <laughs> Christmas ornaments. Refrigerator <laughs> magnets. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> These crocs had crocs in them.
1: Yeah, they were like little croc things stuck in it. So yeah.
0: the, the croc shoes had croc shoes stuck in the croc holes.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, as a nation, we're getting further
0: and further away from God every day. Yeah, that's day. what the caption said. And it's so true.
1: Please um, pray I, for your fellow
0: Croc wearers <laughs> they're mm-hmm. In desperate need of Jesus Intercede for your neighbors wearing Crocs uh, We're praying for you guys We love you guys